listening to The Final Take. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Wynn. And I'm Tim Cox. This is a conversation podcast where we talk TV, film, and our love for it all. We're back with Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and Ted Lasso Season 3. But first, if you are among our tens of listeners or new to the podcast, please help us out by smashing that like or subscribe button. Give us a five-star review on any and all the platforms you're listening on. Maybe even tell a friend or loved one about us and share the link to this episode. Nelson, can you give him an example? (laughs) Well, Tim... Easter's coming up. We may find ourselves sitting around the dinner table, maybe maybe decorating some eggs or at um, an Easter egg hunt at you know some sort of social function around Easter like an egg hunt or maybe a barbecue since it's the beginning of spring. Either way, you may find yourself sitting there and your friend or loved one is talking about Easter things like, hey, you know what? Get off the shed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was going to be a stretch. It's going to be like egg decorating. Like, I love, I love that stripe and the way that you've designed the egg. Speaking of things that I love, (laughs) I listened to a podcast. Billy, get (laughs) off the shed. Get off the shed, Billy. (laughs) So the final take. (laughs) So good. So good. Uh, There you go. Right on. Okay. Stop pulling your sister's hair. (laughs) Classic Will Ferrell episode. Nice touch. Um, Hey, well, we're going to jump right in and just talk a couple of things really quick with Shazam. Shazam 2, which is from DC, and they return with a sequel to the well-received 2019 film Shazam, directed again by David F. Sandberg. Shazam, the Fury of the Gods, stars Zachary Levi, Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, Jimon Hanzu, Asher Angel, Jack Dylan Grazer, Rachel Ziegler, Adam Brody, and the rest of the Marvel family, or Shazamly. Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little callback there. Well, Billy Batson, Billy Batson, a.k.a. Shazam, and his fellow foster kids are still learning how to juggle teenage life with their adult superhero alter egos. When the Daughters of Atlas, a vengeful trio of ancient gods, arrive on Earth in search of the magic stolen from them long ago, Billy and the Shazam Lee are thrust into a battle for their superpowers, their lives, and the fate of their world Ooh, that's quite the description tim you know i just copied and pasted that so your thoughts um (laughs) (laughs) i have that was the official description (laughs) that's right that was the official i'm like why why try to so so you so you got to see it i got to see it oh yeah during on the press so you saw it wednesday before it yeah. came out. So you got to see an early screening. I, I had to go see it with, you know, the normals on <laughs> a Saturday with a babysitter. Yeah. I got to see it with the, <laughs> with the fans and no movie talkers. 
So it was very nice. Um, it's all the people. Who, and of course they have the section that's roped off for press. And, and so um, it was awesome. Um, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, let me just start by saying that uh, Shazam is, is the most well-received DC film. And it's the, it's the highest rated and, it, it it deserves it deserves the credit it, you know it it's, it gets as for being a, a really good film being a departure for a superhero film not taking itself too seriously and stuff like that um this film was on a par with that and it didn't get great reviews and i question critics who sit here and you know use the you know basically say lift up a film in 2019 for this film being for Shazam the first one being what it is but yet tearing it down for the same reasons in the in the second film um <clears throat> i do think that it, it you know it wasn't overdone it was it was a uh, uh it was still what you see is what you get along with the 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 last one um, they they definitely used. You didn't need to be a comic book fan to get anything in this film, except for a couple of obscure references, um, because Shazam used to be Captain Marvel um, back when it was, you know, a comic book. Um, but this is a full new story. They're Helen Mirren and the bad the bad ladies are are all new characters. Um, it's a complete original, which which I definitely can appreciate. And I thought it was a nice touch and they just kind of, so a lot of people, it was mixed, but, but for the most part, a lot of people kind of dragged the film, you know, just because there wasn't, you know, the typical characters from the comics, but, but the nemesis mm-hmm. of Shazam is black Adam. But of course we know that that, and of course, I think Black Adam was more of an anti-hero when they rebooted all the comics in the New Fifty Two. But um, right, yeah. So, but it it still had all the same, um, tr- like no, I don't want to say it was the same film. It really wasn't. But it had those qualities to this film as it did the last film of of, of why it was good. And um, yeah, it was kind of kind of uh, kind of scratching my head at the reason why it, it didn't get great reviews. It didn't get the reviews it got. Yeah. So no, you know, I, I think my first impression of it was I can't wait to take my kid to see this. Cause it was like a perfect family movie. Um, and as far as like superhero movies, I mean, they weren't breaking any new ground. Especially with you know the story, I mean it, it is very familiar, very similar in tone, um, scale, um, and uh, kind of the stakes as the first Shazam, just kind of mm-hmm. like cut and paste, you know, new villains that yeah. you know want to take want the power for whatever reason, right? Um, but it's like a fun delightful movie right um yeah, right and i feel like i feel like without having 
any bias without like reading any press or anything going into it. I watched it and I enjoyed myself. It was fun. Um, I think in the aftermath, looking at the reviews, um, in particular, the critic reviews compared to the audience reviews, um, it's probably the reason why our podcast exists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause you know, critics like, review bombing like uh, as much as 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 much as review bombing a movie from the audience side has has taken has 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 received a lot of criticism like review bombing from critics has been a thing since the beginning of (laughs) like like movie critics right (laughs) yeah where it's like they all pick on the same thread as to why to not like a movie. And I think you said it right is, you know, the same things that were applauded for the first one, that it was more family friendly, that it was funny, that, you know, it had a lighter tone were the same reasons why they got dragged on this one. Um, so I, I enjoyed myself watching it. Mm Um, you know, like I said, it, it it wasn't breaking any new ground, but I think for what it was trying to do, it didn't have to be. Um, yeah. Well, in just general, to, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, well, just to just to kind of kind of take that a step further is like, do you think that it's a film that's uh, kind of a tired genre at this point? To is the reason why it got you know, not so great reviews. I don't want to say it got terrible reviews. It was mixed, yeah. you know, but it, what cert, certainly isn't, it was a, a splat, I guess on rotten tomatoes, but. So I think it's a couple things. Um, I think superhero fatigue is definitely part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, I mean, if you we're a good 20 years into plus 20 plus years into this kind of current <laughs> current age of superhero movies right going back to like the first x-men if you want to count that as the entire run right yeah so like having multiple films from the two dominant studios every year plus Mm -hmm. a lot of independent studios are starting to get their ip picked up in in movies and in tv across streaming and in theaters. Um, you know, I, I think superhero fatigue is definitely a thing. Yeah. Uh, where critics are just like, I, I, I can't watch another superhero show or movie and put my full into this thing. Like, like almost as if like it, uh, as a profession, <laughs> Mm-hmm. reviewers like let's collectively just unless a superhero movie is transcendent we're gonna trash it so they stop making these things right yeah and, and you know i have to say it's like there's still and there's a huge element of bias when it comes to reviewing a film review it for its merits not don't review it for for the fact that there's you know 10 superhero films come out every year you well, know, yeah and, and well, tv shows well and i and i think it, you know, it's the stigma of, oh, it's, you know, capes and tights again. And it's going to be a sure. CGI final act, you know, action heavy, like dizzying action that you can't see. 
And for the most part, it is kind of that way <laughs> in Shazam. I, I think what they do better than what the, a lot of superhero movies um, is that they've kind of pulled back from the action to show more of what's going on versus mm-hmm. what a lot of superhero movies do is they pull in real tight into like these yeah. personal fights where, you know, it's like, like quick, quick cuts with all these crazy camera angles and real tight shots of, you know, like heroes grunting and swinging. Mm-hmm. So like, you don't really get a feel for actually what's having a, going on. It's all just kinetic energy that you're, that you're seeing on the screen. Yeah. Whereas I think with Shazam, what they've done really well is pulled back so you can actually see kind of the battlefield and what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't uh, feel as intimate. It doesn't feel sometimes as like um, frenetic, which I think in this case works. Um, but, you know, kind of compared to other, other superhero movies, probably not. Um, and I think... I, I think where where um, it kind of suffers too is you have so many camps within just on the DC side of things that are just like dividing fans, right? Like obviously you have people that are that are like I'm not going to watch a superhero movie. I'm I'm uh, regardless of who's in it or what it's about. I'm not going to see it, right? But then I think you saw this crop up on social media recently um, on Twitter, uh, specifically Twitter, is the the Zack Snyder fans basically like boycotting anything DC at this point. Yeah. In in retaliation against, you know, the studio as well as um, as well as the the new executive team um you know making decisions and kind of yeah, you know, parts of their beloved beloved universe um you know so you have like you have like the casual casual fans who are like eh, i'm kind of over superheroes and then the Zack snyder fans that are like I hope everything at DC burns down until they restore the Snyderverse. Yeah. You know, um, look, at this point, the Snyderverse is done. You know, it's going to conclude with with um, the Flash in June. Um, we don't know about Aquaman, which um, it's supposed to essentially supposed to be uh, Shazam, the Flash and Aquaman are supposed to make a transition into the new the new DC universe. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, there, there's a, I think also there's a lot going on too. Cause I, from what I understand, there was, there was some, there was some issues with the black Adam situation. Uh, yeah. just, I want to get your take on it, you know, and, and, and the article I said, I, I read on, on, I think it was on the wrap. It was fair by basically saying, okay, f- just to set the record straight, Warner brothers has a ton of problems with its DC properties. So however you have Dwayne Johnson coming out, who's a bona fide producer is not an executive producer. He was a bona fide producer on black Adam. And so that gave him some, some clout to veto some stuff for Shazam, including an appearance, 
in the film. Um, also, it was, I, I guess, he wanted to put in the Justice Society in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or he vetoed the Justice Society. Any of the Justice Society members appearing in yeah. Shazam. Yeah, I saw right. that. So, so the thing is, is like, from from some someone put an anonymous comment out there, basically saying that, you know, because of his efforts to um, step over the heads of the exec, the, the DC executives, and go straight to um, the CEO of Warner Discovery. Um, it really hurt him and, and because he made those efforts to kind of center the universe around him, yeah, you know, as a person, as opposed to black Adam or characters, basically trying to make him more important than the properties, the films, the entertainment part of things, the things that we're paying money for. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, I gotta say there's gotta be a little bit of validity in that just because, you know. It, you know, he really fought so hard to get Henry Cavill's appearance and all that other kind of stuff. So the writing's on the wall. And and I guess that that's also, I would say that's probably, you know, something that James Gunn hasn't addressed either, you know, being someone who's very vocal about this universe and, and, and the things he wants to accomplish and stuff like that. But, you know, not really, you know, I, he, James Gunn seems like the kind of person to say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. And that's kind of speaks volumes to me where he hasn't really addressed Dwayne Johnson and all of this because it seems like he is he's been a thorn in everybody's side. Yeah. To try to get he, these things. You know what though? So I've been thinking about this. Um and I read that same I read the same article, you know, about you know, uh, kind of pinning a lot of the issues of, you know, the DC movies, as well as, you know, the impact that kind of the decision-making that uh, the, the decisions that he had made or, or kind of the creative vision that he had for black Adam and how it affected Shazam as well as the DC movies going forward. Granted. Yeah. He didn't help. Right. It's like the, you know, show me, you don't understand the character that you're playing without telling me, <laughs> You don't understand the character that you're playing. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, you know, Shazam and Black Adam go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Um Now, Superman in the comics has had his fair share of run-ins with Black Adam, I understand. And, yeah. you know, maybe he preferred that as like a, you know, you know, Superman being a, a much higher tier of superhero to take on Black Adam. Yeah. But like, so, so all of that didn't, so, so in short, that didn't help. Yeah. However, all of this dysfunction only happens because of the dysfunction that was happening at the studio in general. That was just a, well, all of, all of the rocks actions were more of a symptom of the bigger rot that was going on at mm-hmm. DC Warner brothers and yeah. just, you know, the mess that all of it was in terms of like producing and creative vision and all the undermining that they did of like their creatives, like, like with, um, you know, David, David Ayer with the first, Suicide Squad, and then 
you know, with the Snyderverse, all of the all of the executive meddling, like, <clears throat> don't tell me it's all the Rock's fault, Dwayne Johnson's fault, when he was only able to do all of that because of the chaos that was created by the executives before, yeah. right? Like, he's not able to go to 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 <clears throat> circumvent the chain of command if there isn't a lot of dysfunction going on. Right. Yeah, right. True. Yeah. Like if, if it's a smoothly, if, if it's a smoothly run operation, say like Marvel, where they have a creative head that is right. driving the vision of the entire interconnected universe. Like a star can't go to like whoever the CEO is of Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Yeah. <laughs> can't like stroll into Bob Iger's office and be like, Hey, you know, I, I this is my vision for my movie, right? Yeah. Like it, it all funnels through Kevin Feige. Right. And so, you know, if DC had any semblance of organization, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That, that couldn't have happened. Right? Yeah. Like the creative vision would have been set bef- before a camera ever rolled. Right. That's true. That's true. So, so having said all of that, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. <laughs> like, there you have it. look the 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 things that I enjoyed about it were the family dynamics, which carried over from the first one, right? right. Obviously, like you know, I can't relate to the 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 um, orphan orphan experience, but. I can relate to, you know, family dynamics. I yeah. mean, growing up with like a crazy family. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. I, 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 I like this movie for that part of it where, yeah. you know, <clears throat> there are so much more development around Billy Batson and his relationships. And, you know, um, I thought it was interesting. A theme in this one was how yeah. trauma, how, 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 how trauma affects you yeah. um, and your actions and decision-making. Um, I thought that was an interesting, an interesting take, um, an interesting theme um, to bring into a superhero movie. Right. Yeah. Um, the other one, the other thing that, that, that I really liked about this um Rachel Zegler, she's really good. She was good. Yeah. I, I, I like her. Like she was in she was in West Side Story, right? The the the, the rebooted That's West right. Side Story. Yeah. She um was. no, she's she's really good. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. So, yeah. How about you? Is there anything in particular yeah, that's you know you? Uh, the one thing I thought was that they did very well is that they they focused on the uh, the the next chapter. They didn't get overly into any type of more characterization, more character development, because these characters were really well developed in the first Shazam. Right. And they just really hit the ground running with the story. And I do think that, you know, they did get a bad rap with reviews, likely due to the um, the superhero fatigue, but at the same time, as as a film, as a as an entertaining film, I thought it was it, it did the job. Yeah, you know, and and it had 
the 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 right character development it told the right story at the right time it wasn't overly long um you know it they, they did a they did a great job and sure. without having to throw in any spoilers or anything like that but then i have just my comment for all the snyderverse fans out there which i am one of them but let's celebrate the snyderverse for what it was and it will no longer be so i think they need to accept that <laughs> yeah, but i think they do yeah well, so. so so one one criticism that i'll have for this movie and it's mm-hmm. not real it's more nitpick right yeah um is that if at times it felt the comedy they were trying a, a, a little harder they were trying harder yeah. than on the first one oh, right? yeah. like right. They mined a lot of the comedy in the first Shazam out of like, you know, it's that like I don't know if it's fish out of water, but it was like, uh, yeah, no, uh, was, like yeah. the like the newbie, like I mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing here comedy, right, right, where yeah. he was learning to, you know, to to harness and discover his new powers. There's a lot of comedy mm-hmm. around that, yeah, um, and then a lot of comedy around like their blended family. Mm-hmm. And I think in the second one, in this one, like it felt, it didn't feel as natural. And at yeah. sometimes it felt like some of the jokes were a bit forced where it was like, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I don't understand that. That reference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I get it. You know, and it was, it was definitely, uh, um, yeah, it, it was at times where it was, you know, they were trying to be funny and it really wasn't funny, but you know, I, I, I'm okay with that, you know, unless, unless it's not too done, like the second Austin Powers movie or like sometimes a Will Ferrell movie, they like, yes. when they does a sequel yeah, where they're trying it's like, really, really hard. Yeah. It's like they like Austin, you know, Mike Myers flat out admitted the second Austin Powers. There were so many jokes that we couldn't tell in the first one. We couldn't get them all in. So now we did a second film just to put all the jokes in there Yeah, and it, and it was really terrible. So, yeah. Um, you know, so that's not a reason to do a film, but, but it, it, it did work. I, th- I thought it was okay. A little, a little bit forced at times, but, but yeah, I agree with that. All right. So, all right. What's, what's your take? So, you know, I would say overall it, it, it's, it's probably a watch. Yeah. Just because like, again, it's not breaking any new ground and it's right. probably more of a family movie than yeah. it is a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, if you're going to like watch it with your kids, it's easier to watch in the comfort of your own home. Having said yeah. that, if you're a superhero fan, you should go watch us in the theater and mm-hmm. you shouldn't celebrate the failure of other franchises because right. of like a petty dispute, because you may not get your stories ever again. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, for me, it's a watch. It's, uh, um, it's a watch just because I enjoy a good popcorn film where you can just check your head. Um, don't get me wrong. I like the deepest of deep, thoughtful films. But when it comes down to it, more than anything, the reason why we go to movies is to check your head at the door. Yeah, and to be entertained. And enjoy your popcorn. And, so, and if you can entertain yeah. your children at the same time. <laughs> That's right. I'm down for it. So, all right. So let's move into Ted Lasso season three, which dropped on Apple TV plus last week, returning to the team or Jason Sudeikis as the title character, Brett Goldstein, 
Brett Goldstein, Hannah Waddingham, Juno Temple, Phil Dunster, and Brendan Hunt with Nick Muhammad. So the the third season of Ted Lasso picks up after an off season from from their relegation season. So they're newly promoted back to the Premier League. AFC mm-hmm. Richmond faces ridicule as media media predictions widely peg them as to finish last in the Premier League. And Nate, now hailed as the Wonder Kid, has gone to work for Rupert at West Ham United. Yeah. And it picks up there. Um yeah. I've so two episodes have dropped but as of this recording. Have you seen both or just the premiere? Just the premiere. Okay, because yeah. I may have stayed up late <laughs> and watched. May have stayed up late and watched it. Yeah, mistakes were made, Tim. And okay. I may have been up when the no spoilers. The second episode dropped. Okay, and so I've watched it. So I that's why I wanted to have that discussion to make sure Does I don't it- spoil anything for episode two for you. So being on uh, in line with the Pacific time zone, we're always on Mountain Standard Time for yes. anyone who doesn't know. Um, but we're in line with the Pacific time zone right now. Um, is Does it drop at midnight or does it drop at like 3 o'clock in the morning? Um, it actually dropped at midnight. Oh, okay. All right. So cool. I think it drops like midnight. I don't know. I think it drops midnight Pacific time for okay. everybody. Okay. So like oh. in New York, they're having to wait till 3 a.m. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Um, all right. Well, since I haven't seen a whole lot, I'm going to throw my take in here. Yeah. The first, so take. first take of the premiere is where we'll we'll fall in line here. Uh, the, the strength of the film of the, of the show is the characters. Oh, absolutely. Question. You know, absolutely. And, and it's it's this is the reason why we tune in. Um, they're terribly flawed, terribly lovable. Um, and, and we, we, you know, this is why we come back. Um, and you know, Nick Muhammad, knowing him from other things and being, you know, a bit of a comedian, he's, he's, uh, he, you know, it's, it's shocking to see him in, in this role where he's just, just a bastard. <laughs> and, um, I've rewatched season two uh-huh. and I remember, and, and one of the things that surprised me was the little kind of wrinkles that they added in from the from like maybe like mid season like it almost feels like his betrayal is like instant you know because it really comes yeah. on strong in the last like two episodes of season two very Anakin Skywalker but they did a they actually in rewatching they actually did a really good job of like sprinkling little like little slights or perceived slights by Nate yeah. um and then and then like they gradually work up to him kind of growing his pair and being like, no, I want to be the boss. I deserve this. Right. Right. Um, so it's like a uh, masterful job of, of pacing yeah. that storyline. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've seen a lot of comments about, about how, Oh, it's off to a slow start, but you know, you really got to get your footing before you really hit it, hit it hard. You do have to have some setup for the, for the season. But isn't that the weight of expectations though? Right. Yeah. Because I mean, season one was, they didn't really get into it until like the third episode. Like, cause they had all the world building to do. 
Yeah. Um, season two, they basically spent like the first two episodes just like, again, laying the groundwork about how like they're, you know, they're cursed and all the ties and all that. Like they really didn't hit the ground running until like episode three or four. I feel like, yeah. I feel like in this age of binging people <laughs> and yeah. then having to wait for weekly releases, people are spoiled. <laughs> That's yeah, what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But um, yeah, I do think, I, I think it's a great, it's, it's still a good show. Yeah. It's still absolutely. great to see the characters come back. You know, it, it, it also reminds me a bit of the, the, um, because of how strong the characters are, it, uh, one of my all-time favorite films is is a is a Scottish film called Train Spotting, and it was Ewan McGregor's breakout role, Johnny Lee Miller, Robert Carlyle, all these guys who went on to really big careers. Um, you know, they uh, they did a they the the guy who wrote the novel um, did another novel with the same characters. It was like twenty years later, and then they made a sequel to Train Spotting, and it was just amazing to see their. Um, you know, to see their uh, return of in those characters, all the same people. Right. It was it. You know, and this is why you come back to see Ted Lasso. Sure. You know, because you just you just really you just are love attached the to the characters, characters and the relationship. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, yeah. what what I would say is, I love just the the arcs that each character has been on. Yeah. Where like you see how like Roy is becoming like he's softening his heart. And then yeah. like Jamie's actually growing a heart. And then, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it smells like poopy. So it's, it's actually cool to see like the character progression and how like these relationships yeah. impact you know, how they grow or devolve yeah. or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, I think we can see a couple things coming where like uh, in the premiere episode, you could see, you could see Jamie being a lot more positive person and you can see yeah. how like Ted Lasso starting to really, really um, kind of, I don't know if wear him down is the word, but like you, you can see his influence on him, right? Where yeah. he's like, "Hey, yeah, what does he tell him? Like, it's uh, let it wash away." Or I, I can't remember what the mantra was from, um, uh, that they came up with in the sewer. But he he even ended his like, uh -huh. you know, talking to the boys with like a little rhyme, the way that Ted Lasso does, you know. Yeah, and so I I, I just like seeing that. But then, um, and then with like Roy, like seeing him you know, <laughs> like slowly begrudgingly. Yeah. Actually let himself like Ted Lasso. So I don't yeah. know. It's just a fun, it's a fun show. It's such you a know, delight to watch. Here's the thing. Don't expect all the, don't, don't expect the main course to be served up right away. Sure. You're here. You're here for the relationships. You're here for the characters, you know, the, the, it's going to, get you back to the they're going to do something to get you to the next episode and they're going to just have the biggest drop of everything yeah and so yeah but um so what's your uh what's your take oh it's an absolute watch yeah 
Don't I, miss I an mean, episode it's, myself. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick before we end, where do uh, you think they'll go this season? Well, I, from what I understand, I think this is going to be the last season. It is from what I understand. And yeah, I definitely think it, the, they're going to have to do a major league on this one and go all the way. Oh yeah. And yeah. And that, that was something that, that was a thought that occurred to me is the film major league where it's like, okay, let's go all the way with this. You know, right. they're going to have some stumbles and they're going to be like, okay, well, and, and they're going to, the guys are going to be down and stuff, but I think they're going to pick them, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and they're going to basically say, let's get this done. You right. Know? So, yeah. So no, I, I think they will. You? I think, I think there's a redemption arc for, for Nate just like they had with mm-hmm. Jamie, like similar yeah. where like maybe he gets fired from West Ham for not yeah. being like tough enough or not being, you know, like the type of person that Rupert thinks he is. Right. Um, I think, I think it's, it's one of those things for, for, for coach Lasso is, mm-hmm he'll eventually conquer this hill and he'll be ready to move on to the next challenge. Yeah, that's true. And I, th- I do think that, yeah, yeah. I think you're right with Nate and, and he'll, he'll accept Nate back, you know, with open arms and stuff like that, because you can tell by the the way the first episode ended and spoilers for anybody who haven't watched the first episode, but uh, which is actually our only spoiler in this, this show, this episode of our podcast, but um, which is essentially, um, the what, what's her name hannah waddingham um, what's her character name so bad with names i am too um rebecca <laughs> rebecca so so rebecca wants revenge because it's rupert who's got, right. who's has the other team but and you know um nate is throwing down insults towards ted lasso and ted lasso is directing how stupid am i to myself basically saying you know not biting on what what you know nate is fishing yeah, out and he yeah, was like not visibly getting into upset. War, not getting into a war of war of words war of words right and so nate was visibly upset at the end of the episode because he didn't you know ted lasso didn't take the bait and you know it still gets that kill him with kindness um you know sort of sort of uh revenge where yeah. it's like we're above that. There is one moment in that first episode that got me thinking like, this seems out of character, right? Or at least out of like, it's, it's more season one version of the character. But when Rebecca calls Ted into office after he, he takes the team on like a, you know, like a, um, unconventional training. Yeah. Training, um, exercise. And she calls him in her office and she's like, what are you doing? Like they're fighting. Why aren't you? And I was thinking like, that's Mm -hmm. not, that's like season one, Rebecca, where, you know, she was like super petty and, you know, trying to undermine the team. Like that doesn't seem true. Rupert's under, but Rupert's under her skin. Oh, right, at the right, beginning. exactly. And Rupert's where under her skin now, where he's you know sold, or at least gifted her his entire whatever's left of his stake in in Richmond, yeah. and he's gone out and purchased a rival, yeah. West Ham United. Yeah. So you know, I, I think, um, I I think that she's gonna have to grapple with that. Mm-hmm. the rest of the season of like 
what's she in it for? Like, yeah. What is her motivation? Is it strictly to stick it to Rupert or yeah. does she want more from the team? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. I'm excited. It's a watch. I like you too. should watch. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not already watching Ted Lasso, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> yes, that's right. Ted Lasso. You need to Ted Lasso yourself. Introduce yourself to Ted Lasso. Yes. So Apple TV plus streaming now. All right. And that is our final and first take of Ted Lasso. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and give us five stars, a glowing review. So our podcast can reach more people and we can bring you more fine content. So thanks again to Tyler Hobbs of Space Ranger for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Final Take Pod. Email us at thefinaltakepod at gmail.com. Check out all of our episodes on our website, thefinaltakepod.com. And join us next week for more exciting stuff. I I think we'll want to get into Succession. Oh, yes. I am so psyched. Final season of Succession. Final season. All this great TV is going away, Tim. What's going to come to replace it? I have no idea. More great TV. More great TV, probably. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Thank you.